Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, an Apple Arcade podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode we'll be talking about the Apple Arcade games we've tried, what we keep going back to, what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids, and preview upcoming games. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.fm. How are you doing, Nick? I'm good. It's been a busy couple weeks, but, uh, you know, it's uh, the the signs of, of spring are starting to show up here a tiny bit. I, I imagine it's a little colder where you are, but I heard some birds the other morning. So that's, uh, you know, the sunset is after 5 p.m. Yeah. again. Yeah, those are the, te- yeah, it's, it feels like the long, dark winter is, the, the sun is on the horizon anyways. And it's actually been, it went from like minus 40 Celsius, which is, I think is like minus 40 Fahrenheit as well. Yes to almost plus one of a high today so it's this weird like winter is kind of is still around like where we have many more months of winter up here anyways two or three for sure but um now the snow is kind of all melting and slushy and dirty and it's kind of like now it's almost a little bit more depressing even though the weather's warmer but this isn't really a weather podcast not that i'm wearing that shirt today but (laughs) uh what was the game we played uh we tried the, the enchanted world um which uh, is this sort of sliding puzzle game with a, a little bit of a story. Um, I think you see in the first couple of levels, there's you seem to be like a witch or sorceress and your teacher or parent has been turned into a bird that's helping you and you're trying to just kind of get through the levels. I guess before we dive too in, too deep into the gameplay itself, but just the visually, it's it's very beautiful to look at. It's yes. uh, I think we alluded to last episode. It's published by uh, Noodle Cake Studios here in where I live and in Saskatoon. But I think that the game itself was probably they. I think they're the publishers of it. But um, visually, it looks amazing and easy to look at. Lots of fun stuff for the eyes to to get distracted by. And and because at its core, like you said, it's a puzzle game basically but wrapped in an you know kind of like walking from puzzle to puzzle adventure game almost um but uh and as usual i think it'll be the case where you've probably gotten further into the game than i have and um and so my experience will be limited to the first few levels how does the gameplay change a lot as you get further into the game? Yeah, so there's kind of uh, sub worlds, and as you were doing on the live stream earlier, I think you were kind of in the second one or the third one. Maybe you mm-hmm. you had gone underground because um, there's sort of the first one with just the basic tutorial, and then there's the they introduce the rivers, and then you go underground, and there's the the sort of bad guys that are blocking your some of your moves. Um, I think what's interesting about puzzle games like this one is you know the core mechanic could have been implemented in grayscale 2D 20 plus years ago, right? Like, mm-hmm. er, well, I should say more like 30 years, 30 years ago. I'm, I'm not thinking about the fact that it's 2020. <laughs> you're, you're sliding tiles around. And um, it reminds me of, I don't know if you ever had one of those little plastic uh, sliding tile toys where there'd be a scrambled picture with one square missing and you'd have to rearrange them to, to solve it. Yeah. They're, they're big at like museum stores. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and it's uh, it's I was I was telling too earlier. It's there's a lot of if you watch Survivor, and I'm sure other shows too, but there's a lot of um, puzzles that the contestants have to do uh, that are sliding puzzles. It's kind of like, but in a big, huge scale, so it looks good on TV. But um, yeah, it's that similar kind of 
mechanic that at work, which, which works. I mean, it sounds maybe if that turns you off of the game, I don't think it should. Like if, if that, unless you hate puzzles, I guess that's, there's always a contestant on survivor who hates puzzles and swears they're bad at puzzles and then event inevitably gets promoted to do the puzzle and fails or whatever. But anyways, um, <laughs> nothing to do with survivor. This game has nothing other than it's a puzzle. Uh, but it's the mechanics for sliding the things around works. I'd say, 90% of the time and then in the odd time you're kind of like pushing one way but it goes a different way and and because it's at least the puzzles I did are kind of like they're on a, a chain one way or another you're not just dropping it's not like you're picking up a puzzle piece and dropping it down it's like you have to slide them around uh, on the board so to speak in the game to actually make it work in the right order and so you sometimes have to like keep sliding it around in different ways almost like a Rubik's Cube I guess kind of idea yeah similar uh, so. I, I think I maybe it's just I haven't played enough yet or enough of variety of the levels i don't think i have uh an approach that's like oh i want to get this tile from this corner to this corner here's my sort of consistent looping method like like how you can learn how to just solve a rubik's cube um so Mm -hmm. that i think meant i was doing a little more kind of trial and error um i would say I did occasionally, it seemed like I would drag my finger and it wouldn't quite do what I thought it was. So like there's something maybe a little fidgety there in terms of just not not making the correct move, but the game doing what you wanted it to do. I, I ran into that a few times. And in particular, unlike the the physical puzzle I was talking about, it's not a square grid. Each Each level has kind of a different arrangement. It might have like a long, narrow piece or a wide piece where you have to slide tiles around to the art uh, that you mentioned. And, and it's, it is this really cool kind of low poly art style that um, the, the actual puzzle is a pretty small area of the screen. There's, there's a lot of rich background stuff going on uh, with little animations and environments and tree roots and rivers and, and other things that, that makes the, the visual appeal of the game really high, even as you're focusing on just the core puzzle mechanic. Yeah, definitely. And it's it, on the one hand, it feels like you could almost like, zoom down like once you click into a puzzle you could zoom in and that could fill the screen and again this goes back to like my desire to maybe play some of these on an ipad because that would definitely be nicer visually i think and easier to sort of check out what you're actually doing in the puzzle because sometimes there is at least the one piece one puzzle i was doing there's some pieces are obscuring a little bit of what you're doing and so you're kind of like have to cycle through to make sure you get to the right piece that you want and and things like that but um but overall like that's a very minor complaint i think um was there any puzzles that got too hard to do, like where you were like Googling? Uh, in, uh, yeah, solution? so I I got completely stuck. Uh, the, so the sort of I think the next world after yours is this mechanical world, and the the solution becomes two sided. So you have to line up some gears spinning. So all of the spinning gears have to interconnect from one side of the puzzle to the other, and you have to line up some wires. And it's on opposite sides of the tile, and there's a little switch that you can turn to flip between the two sides. So you have to get both uh, faces of the puzzle lined up, which means you know if you're looking at one side and you make a move that's better on that side, unless you remember exactly which tiles you're moving, it, it can be very difficult. I got through two of those. Mm. It was very challenging, kind of trial and error. And then the, the one I'm currently on, I'm completely stuck. I glanced at a walkthrough, but I think I'm going to have to basically have like it running on another screen with my with my phone in front of it to follow along exactly with the video. Yeah, so I, I, it did ramp up. The difficulty ramped up a lot. I think with a little more patience, a little more time, I'd get past that and maybe get into some other mechanics that 
aren't quite as frustrating or blocking. So would you, uh, is it something that you'd want to finish? You're going to go back to and consistently, you know, play, play through or, or walk through certain levels and try to get like the achievement to the unlock the uh, <laughs> finished achievement. Yeah. You know, I, I usually try to avoid walkthroughs in games, but given that I feel pretty stuck and I, I put at least, you know, 15 or 20 minutes into a couple different iterations on this level. I think I would like to try to get unblocked on this one and keep playing, see where it goes, see what the other worlds are like. That said, if I keep having to consult a walkthrough, I would probably just give up on it because then, you know, the it's not it's not fun anymore. I'm not playing the game. I'm just having someone else play the game for me so I can see how it ends. At which point maybe I would just watch a a playthrough that someone's posted right because <laughs> it is like like you said like it's a lot of just tapping there isn't and even with a controller if you i don't know I, i'm guessing a controller works for it but a controller would actually probably be quite frustrating on this one this is one where touchscreen is definitely preferred i would think um but it is very low like it's not that you're you're trying to jump at the right time and timing things or whatever it's not technically hard to do it's just yeah like unlocking the puzzle in the right order and getting the tiles in the right order that's the difficult part. Um, and I wonder what the, like, this goes back to like, we've talked about Apple Arcade in general as a premise and the subscription model for games. And obviously we have an extra layer on top of that of uh, doing a podcast about those games where we do feel a bit of pressure to, you know, report back, talk about and potentially finish and, and things like that. Um, if I was left to my own devices and just playing games or not, um, I probably would abandon things. I would feel a little less pressure to, <laughs> to, play some of these games even with the six dollar a month or whatever subscription hanging over um in terms of the bank book i I think because we had (laughs) i just realized why i hadn't been high why i hadn't been seeing it on our credit card because we actually put a bunch of money into our apple id account or whatever to pay for apple music with one of those costco buy one get one for you know cheaper bunch of gift cards or whatever and so it actually was pulling out of that slowly um, so I, I'm sort of stealing from our Apple music fund to pay for my Apple arcade addiction or whatever. But that being said, it still is kind of like a game like this to me is one that I, I would visually and, and even music too, it actually is really good too. We didn't touch on, on the sound of the game too, it, for having no, uh, almost no text on the screen. I think like it's the, it, you know, it has the sort of instruction tutorial level walking you through how the game's going to basically work. And then you're kind of thrown into the world with a few every so often there's like a little indicator on the screen as to where you might want to tap to go next um and so it's very easy to get into i think um i don't know if you tried it with your your son but i hadn't actually tried this one with my kids yet at all so they're still way too hooked on switch to even bother (laughs) (laughs) you know this is one we tried because it was one of the launch games and like i mentioned i think it's one of the demo games at apple stores on ipads he you know, played maybe the first two levels and just it it didn't grab him. And I think in general, hmm. at his age, the puzzle games are not super exciting. Um, he says he likes you know simulation and maybe more action and and kind of the more toy type games where you're just playing a little more abstractly. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to note on the the sort of the Apple Arcade funding point is I noticed something interesting. So we have a family sharing plan all set up uh we and my wife's account is the primary on our on our iCloud family so we loaded those Costco cards that we also did onto her account but I started the Apple Arcade subscription so it comes out of my 
funding pool. So it hit, it goes up the family chain, but hits her credit card instead of using her saved balance. Oh, interesting. I wonder, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why it happens that way that it doesn't, but if she charges something on her account, like Apple Music or, um, you know, new purchases, it hits the stored balance first. That's actually a good hack for that because then, you know, you could do uh, whatever. So whoever's going to trigger that kind of subscription, then you could make sure that that account either does or doesn't have the, whichever way you want to do it, I guess, however it helps you. Obviously, in a family, it's coming out of the same pot eventually. Yes, yeah, generally speaking. uh, If yeah. Uh, and as far as replayability on this one, I think uh, there, I guess there could be a bit, uh, but it, it doesn't feel like a game that's going to be necessary to replay, I guess, and where I um, intentionally go back to unless I was really stuck for something to do. It, <laughs> I don't know. The Once the puzzles are figured out, you're kind of like good, I think, to, to not go back. But how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I would revisit it. I don't think I would remember how to solve a particular puzzle. So, so revisiting it would be kind of True. a new... Uh, take on it again, but again, especially with the some of the levels being kind of more frustrating, um, I I don't see myself revisiting it unless I sort of get past this stuck point and they're really uh, uh, more more fun and interesting. Um, on the levels, yeah. I think there's sort of two other things I would add. So one is unlike a lot of the other puzzle games, you either you just beat the level or not. Right? There's no like timer or two out of three stars kind of thing like a lot of other puzzle games have. I would say the one thing that took me out of the game a little bit is the fact that there is a an overworld and levels. Like as you beat each level, it actually pops you out to that and you have to tap over to move to the next level. And I, I feel like it would be a little better if as you as you completed a puzzle and, you, and the character walks out of that area, you just seamlessly go into the next room that contains sliding tiles yeah that makes sense yeah it kind of pulls you out of the action or out of the immersiveness of it a um, little bit yeah and again you're playing this on the ipad or, you, or your phone um i played it on the ipad when my son and i tried it back at launch for this session i was playing on my phone yeah so it's, it's definitely worth uh grabbing if you're um checking out looking for a game that's like a puzzle game obviously and and interested in that kind of thing and, and even just visually playing through it a bit until either you get stuck or frustrated or whatever <laughs> Um, the, like you had noted the low poly kind of art look style and very vibrant, bright colors, a little darker, I guess, maybe in at least in the some levels that I was in. Um, but, uh, yeah, very well done, very well designed, I think. And, and for a puzzle game that, you know, even from a developer standpoint, I guess, making sure that it actually is, you can solve it <laughs> and play test it, I guess, enough that it works. Um, and even if it is frustrating to try and figure out what it is, I think, I think they did a good job of, of doing that. So um, moving on to Kids Corner, you had noted here cooking games, and I'm flashing to uh, fights my family's had playing Overcooked on the Xbox, but uh, is that the kind of game you're thinking? Well, yeah. So uh, my son is just, he. I think, I think my wife tried one of the iOS, like just sort of speed clicker kind of cooking games where you have to keep up with the customers. And I, I think Overcooked is similar. And he was really interested in that idea, but the way those games are designed is you pretty much can't beat more than the first few levels without paying for the in-app purchases to like upgrade your equipment or um, use the different speed boosts or that kind of thing. Uh, and I, I, we generally have avoided anything that involves consumable in-app purchases just because yeah (laughs) yeah it's just it's not a road we want to go down with him it's a slippery slope yeah exactly 
at the same time, it's a, a little frustrating because he's seen the game. It's it's exciting to him. He wants to play a game like that, but it it wouldn't actually be fun for him because there's not a game that's just pay a few bucks or on arcade that you can just kind of play at your own pace and ha- do the fun of combining the different ingredients. Uh, so, and I know there's a few. There's like Overcooked. There's was it Battle Battle Royale Kitchen Battle something Yeah. Like it was a Kickstarter and, and yeah, it's on Steam. And and that's the other thing is there are a couple games that are available on Steam. We don't have a console at home right now. Cuisine Royale, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. So and, and I think there's like a Gordon Ramsay kitchen simulator <laughs> one or something, <laughs> where he just screams at you. It, and and so some of those look very complicated and difficult, so they wouldn't be appropriate for a six year old. So yeah, it, it's another one where. He is aware of a, a game genre, possibly because we played Game Dev Tycoon together. So he kind of knows <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all the possible genre combinations there are. And he wants to play it, but there's not one that is like the right combination of simple enough for a kid without the mechanics being tied into a bad business model. Right. right. <laughs> and and that's what that's where arcade really gives me hope. So I'm I'm wondering, you know, where are some of these categories of games? And I, I suspect I suspect that Apple is not seeking out some of these games that look or act too much like the sort of shovelware that's on the store for in-app purchase right now. They yeah. they don't want to go they don't want a arcade to be confused with the the sort of problem business game space they got themselves into with the way the app store works. Yeah, and the like the the perception that those games are basically designed to like like a drug almost to like pull kids in, suck them in, and stay there. Because obviously for Apple, it's not that they want you to just be stuck in one game forever. They just want you to subscribe and enjoy the games as you see whenever you want, and not be pressured exactly. to like stay, come back every day, those kinds of things. Um, I will say, like in, in a bit of a tangent, but um, Overcooked and Overcooked Two now is out, which I haven't we haven't tried. Actually, it's we have a this is the problem with this premise of the podcast for me is we in addition to the switch we also got some sort of promo where discord gave us three months of xbox game pass which is essentially they're like download a whole bunch of old games and play them whenever you want it's their subscription model for what right like apple arcade for xbox essentially um and so there's just like literally thousands probably of games that we could be playing right now and so convincing anybody to do any one thing getting the four gamers in our house, my wife isn't as avid a gamer, but getting the four people who want to play games at any one time, in addition to the, like the the litany of, you know, Disney Plus and Netflix and <laughs> library, you know, games, all, all this stuff, getting any of us to agree on one thing for any amount of time is is uh, difficult at best. So, but Overcooked 2, Overcooked 1 we played, Overcooked 2 we haven't played, but it was, I thought it was a great game and like definitely kid-friendly and so whatever platform you end up needing, I think it's on Steam. It would you definitely need a controller of some sort. Um, but it's very simple, like graphically, your your orders come up and you have to like assemble them in a certain order. Someone wants a burger and you need a burger and a lettuce and a cheese and put it on a plate, fry it up, put it on a plate. Like it's a very fun kind of like I could see a five, six, seven year old getting into that. The stress part of it, the fight causing part of it is when you're depending on your sister to get you the lettuce because they're in a different section of the kitchen that you can't get to because that's where the sort of co-op gameplay is fun. And as adults, I can see being great with brothers and sisters at younger age, yeah. <laughs> sometimes not so great. 
where they're just like screaming at her, like, just give me the lettuce or whatever. And like, and right. it's like starts to resemble what our kitchen looks like in the morning when they're getting their lunches packed and stuff. And it's like, well, that's not really a fun scenario I want to replay over and over. <laughs> but this, this is my real life. I don't want to simulate it in a game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but graphically and like, it's just fun. Like it's a lot of fun. And that's, I know I remember hearing about it on the short game uh, podcast where they talked about it. And it's exactly that. It's like a perfect couch co-op game. Have some friends over. They'll be like, what? We're going to play a cooking game. And you're like, yeah, it's fun. Just trust me. And then like an hour later it'll go by and you'll still be playing it. Cause it's just like that much kind of a fun game to play. So yeah, it'd be neat to have something like that on Apple arcade that would be similar to that style and whether they brought it overcooked three or whatever, you know, something like that. Um, it's and a touchscreen version of it. I'm sure would work very well. Cause that's exactly what you're doing. It's just with a controller, um, uh, moving guys around the kitchen and stuff. So yeah, I'll have to check that out. I think, uh, one thing with the with the way the arcade subscription works, and there's so many games that I haven't even touched yet, is that I'm almost disinclined to spend money on other games and apps because it's oh, like, totally. well, we have yeah. we've, we're already paying for this. Look at all you know. Look at this huge library we can do. And similarly, you know, my Steam library that I've accumulated over the years is <laughs> uh, hundred plus games. Many of them never played because I bought them on the Steam sale. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the problem is in part. There's a very narrow set of games that are both content appropriate and difficulty appropriate for a six-year-old. It's an interesting kind of overlap where you want to be able to enjoy it with him and also, but at the same time, be able to leave him to play that probably to go do something else every so often as well. And Yeah, yes. Kind of uh, it, you know, screen time while making dinner, say, uh, is, yeah. is something we rely <laughs> on sometimes. Yeah, or recording a podcast while their screen time is going on. That's something I do often. Uh, <laughs> So speaking of TVs, and this is a bit of a stretch for tangent, but speaking of Xbox TV, whatever, gaming, we've often talked about on the podcast, waiting for some sort of Apple TV, the device, Apple TV update, hardware update, and no signs, no rumors. The Apple had an earnings call lately, last week, I think, or this week, or whatever it was, nothing specific, not that they announced new products there, but nothing forecasted or anything out of that either. Um, and so I don't know when, there's an Apple developer conference in June, I guess, again, that would maybe have something about that, but probably not. Uh, it'll probably be just something that drops. So in the meantime, if you wanted to get a current kind of Apple TV experience, we were talking before the show about we both, neither of us have uh, a laptop or a computer that's running Catalina, the latest OS for Mac in a reliable sense. <laughs> and apparently the <laughs> Apple Arcade is available if you're on Catalina. At least they were doing that in the beta. I haven't heard anything about it post sort of Apple Arcade launch. It's definitely always sort of promoted as a Apple TV and iOS device kind of experience but um you were suggesting maybe a mac mini update instead yeah well so i i don't know why it seems like an apple tv controller bundle would be something they would want to do to promote arcade as a service like that's the natural fit for a lot of these games obviously some of the games are very touch oriented but my home personal imac is getting long in the tooth uh and was thinking about oh maybe i I still want a full home computer that's not my work-issued laptop for photo library backup, home media server kind of things. And I was wondering, oh, maybe instead of having a full computer, since I'm not using it at home to work from home, I would just have a Mac Mini hooked up to the TV. It would run Catalina. It would be a TV-based arcade console. I've heard of other people doing this. So something that I was kind of rolling around in the back of my head, obviously it would be a lot more expensive than an Apple TV would be, but it would be replacing uh, a full computer. I think the biggest weakness is, you know, many, several years ago, 
uh, Apple had front row for Mac, mm-hmm. uh, which was sort of a streaming set-top box type interface, an app you could bring up that would that would get you to you know your a couple of your media, mostly your your what what was then iTunes. That's the biggest downside is is compared to having like a a, a Fire Stick or or Apple TV box where there's just a remote control you can use easily. Yeah, well, I think that I haven't tried it yet. The Apple TV app on Mac OS, so again, Catalina, I think it is required for that. Probably would function similar. I'd have to, yeah. My I do have a Mac Mini that I have hooked up to my TV. We use it with Plex because our TV is a smart TV, and so it has a Plex app that pulls any shows and things that are, are on our Mac mini, but, uh, but if the Mac mini is older and doesn't run Catalina, so I can't get Apple arcade on that. Um, and you're right. Like it's a, I don't know what Apple TV is in the States, but it's a 200 and some dollar purchase up here for Apple TV versus whatever it is, 800 plus for Mac mini. Um, and so it's, it's a, obviously quite a bit more for the computer, but, but yeah, it is multi-purpose and, uh, Essentially, with TVs being what they are these days, it gives you a another place for a kid to sit with a keyboard and a mouse and do homework, even if you really wanted to. Oh, I uh, suppose, yeah. So it has that purpose, multi-purpose that way. But yeah, the Apple TV, just looking at screenshots even of it, like people are using the Apple TV app on a computer. So then in theory, that would run, you know, if you had a mouse, a keyboard in your living room or wherever your Mac mini is, that would give you that option. And, and then as well, the Apple Arcade connectivity as well through that. So um, it could work pretty well, kind of like back in the day. I, I too did the front row thing with a Mac Mini for as long as I could and, and enjoyed that experience with Apple stuff. But um, for next episode, uh, you had you had played, a, you started, before we started recording, you said you'd played a little bit of Pilgrims, and uh, which we'd mentioned on the previous episode. I think that'd be a good one. I also want to, wondering if we should just claim Grindstone as the next episode's uh, game since you've played it. Actually, I downloaded it. I actually haven't gotten into it yet. That would be one we could do as well where you'd be way further ahead than I am obviously in the game. But uh, we could also do that just to keep things um, simple, I guess, maybe. Uh, yeah, in terms of uh, homework, that makes my life uh, a little easier since I've played it already and have opinions on how the levels work. <laughs> yeah, I think let's do that. Let's do Grindstone because then we, we can have a deeper discussion about it too, having you having put in a few more minutes anyways into the game or maybe hours. <laughs> That's the case maybe. Definitely on the hour range. Give uh, give folks a quick overview of what Grindstone is, what kind of game. So Grindstone is a you know color matching on a grid kind of game. It's It's not a match three, which is a very popular genre, you know, like you're Bejeweled and Candy Crush, but you're... There, there. You're a warrior traveling up a mountain on a quest, and there's a bunch of little critters in your way, and you have to chain through them by slashing them with your sword. And the chains are colors, and then you can go through certain items or wild cards to change colors as you go. And each level has its own exit condition that you have to meet, as well as bonus items you can collect. And the thing I really like about it is it's not real-time. You can set up your chain, take as much time as you want for each move, and Mm. build sort of an optimal combo, and then say go, and the character will slash through. And um, yeah, and we can dive into that more next episode, all the different ins and outs of the different levels. And and they kind of come in sets of 15 levels where there's a different mechanic every 15 levels. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it out. And uh, yeah, if you're interested at all in some of these games that we're playing, obviously you can follow along on uh, 
on the show notes. We'll have a link to the the game to download if you're an Apple Arcade subscription member, I guess, or whatever, if you're a subscriber already. Um, goodstuff.fm slash 25C. And then this is actually episode seven. So goodstuff.fm slash 25C slash seven is where you can find links to what we've discussed. And also we do stream this live like we alluded to on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash GSFM. If you want to subscribe there and be notified when we go live, generally try to be Thursday, Friday, uh, our schedules permitting. And uh, that's just, yeah, just depending on availability of, of rooms and time for us to record. But uh, we'd love to have you join us when we record. So thank you for listening to 25 Cents, an Apple Arcade podcast. You can find me on Twitter at iChris. You can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as UltraNerd. That's N-U-R-D. And you can find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, at goodstuff.fm on the web. Be sure to check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash goodstuff is where you can support the whole network of podcasts that we do at Good Stuff, including the recently launched uh, Midnight Snack. Kyle and Kenny, brothers, two brothers talking food and late at night, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's the that's the official that's not the official description but that's what we'll go with for today and uh and then you get access to our discord and there's a minecraft server that we run as well for members and uh all that good stuff thanks for listening have a great day bye thanks bye <laughs>